Okay, we're on the home stretch, guys. The final piece is rising in healthy love. Okay, and we're going to start seeing how this all works together. So, the context that we've set is that we are 100% responsible for our relationships. So I want us to be thinking not as like, oh, I fall in love and it just happened to me, right? I don't want to fall in love. That sounds chaotic and horrible, right? I want us to be seeing this as we rise in healthy love. The words that I use are very much conscious there for a reason. I rise in healthy love. It's completely different. And so rising in healthy love requires responsibility and consciousness and awareness, right? Because ultimately the end result, the end goal of this workshop is that long lasting conscious relationship if it's what you desire, right? Or just applying this to all of your relationships and feeling the, heal the healing in it anyway. So I want us to see that all relationships have four phases, okay? And I'm gonna go through all four phases in this next little bit so you can really see them. Some of you guys, again, this is new. Some of this is, it's repeated. We have the honeymoon. We have the power struggle. We have the dead zone. And then we have the long-term relationship. And this is an order, okay? In every relationship, we also have four minds. Your conscious mind, your partner's conscious mind, your unconscious mind, and your partner's unconscious mind. So there are four phases of relationships and four minds. In any healthy rising relationship, it's four, four. Really, really important that we get this structure. And we're gonna talk about how these minds are hanging out through these four phases. Now we all know the honeymoon, like we all know and love the honeymoon. The honeymoon is a mix of oxytocin, rose-tinted glasses, and hopeful thoughts of this could be the one, right? Have you guys felt that? You meet someone and it's like you have sex for the first time and we're women, aren't we? So what does the female body do when you have sex? You release oxytocin, what's oxytocin? Oxytocin is the bonding hormone. You know, we have, mothers have this when they're the third trimester of pregnancy so they bond with their baby. We also release this as women when we have sex because we're biologically designed to bond with our man, right? Because that's good for rearing, that's good for survival of the species. So we have sex, oxytocin has flooded our bodies and suddenly we are stupid. <laughs> we are stupid. We see our partners through these lenses of, oh my God, this could be the one. He's perfect. She's perfect. I love her. I love him. It's not very often coherent with reality. And this is how relationships begin, right? This phase can last months. This phase can last a short period of time. I mean, we've all felt it, haven't we? The buzz, the excitement of what if it's, what if it's, what if this is the one? What if this is who I have my babies with? You know? Or no babies if you don't want babies. What's actually happening on a neurological level, okay? And this is really interesting. Yeah, Lee says, this is why just sex doesn't work for me. 
Um, maybe absolutely. I don't believe. I believe that that casual sex is one of the greatest lies that's been sold to us. As women, biologically, we're not designed to have sex with anyone and everyone. Um, hormonally, like, and I think when you know your body more, this is an opinion. And so, if this does not speak to you, please just get rid of it. This is my opinion, and you don't have to believe the same as me. Okay, we don't have to believe the same as our coaches. We're allowed to believe different things. You have discernment of thought. Your thoughts, your responsibility, my thoughts, my responsibility. But anyway, right? For women, biologically, it's like literally not what we're designed for. And I'm not saying that you've got to be with one person for the rest of your life, but we do want to be aware of like who we're sharing our sexual energy with. I really got around as a younger person. I slept with what feels like now everybody, right? And it didn't do me anything and it was false empowerment. It was actually validation, right? We've gone onto a different tangent, but it's an interesting thing to explore. Yeah, agreed casual sex was big in my younger life, but it, I feel it became detrimental. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of us go through that experience and we're like, oh, it's actually more empowering to consciously choose my sexual partners, which basically for me is Craig or the bagel. <laughs> that is my sexual partners, okay? Anyway, honeymoon phase can last even when Craig and I broke up, I was like, my friend's like, you could go out and meet someone. I was like, bleh. Like someone came on to me and I was like, actually offended. I was like, you want to have sex? But we don't love each other yet. Um, so very, very much focused sexually there. Anyway, the honeymoon phase can last months, right? And what's actually happening in the honeymoon, and we're kind of, then this is masculine and feminine, you know, male and female. This, this happens for, for both parties. It, it's like you meet someone and you're really excited to meet someone. And because you're really excited to meet someone, it's like you, you want to be on your best behavior. And so what happens, and this is all unconscious, is that instead of operating from our unconscious programs, we're dominant in our conscious mind. We become a lot more conscious. So that first phase in love, right? People notice when they're in that honeymoon that it's like they're manifesting more things because they're vibrating in this love frequency. And also like they're just, they're so much more self-aware. They're not falling into patterns as much. And like what's actually happening is you're just more conscious because unconsciously you're like, oh, this is important. You've got to be on your best behavior, right? So on like a neurological level, we're not actually in full relationship where we've got these four minds. We're like in this intro to the relationship where it's like conscious mind and conscious mind. And so you're not actually in relationship with your partner yet. All of who they are. You're in relationship with conscious them and they're in relationship with conscious you. So in the honeymoon phase, and this is really simplified, but like, it helps us to get it. It's like there's only two minds at play and it's not the whole truth. That's what's actually happening in honeymoon. Okay. Now stage two, we have the power struggle. And this is where a lot of people give up, right? And they think that it's not working. I want you guys to know that this just doesn't happen in just our romantic relationships. This happens in long-term coaching containers, right? People enter and they're like, my coach is the best. And then it gets like halfway through and like all the unconscious stuff starts playing out. And then they're like, no, my coach is the demon, right? Like this happens in, in all long-term relationships. And why, that's why it's really important to be aware of it. It can happen in our teams. It can happen, you know, in friendships when you meet a new friend and we're like, that's the best thing ever. And then suddenly you just start seeing all their flaws. <laughs> like, so know that the, the greater context for this is all relationships. And I'm just going to speak about romantic relationships, okay? 
This is where like the relationship starts to normalize. Like we get over the initial buzz of like, yeah, I was going to say new dick. I don't know why I would ever say that. I'm going to take that back. But like you get out of the, you're like the buzz of like, this is this really new, exciting fellow in my life. And it's like, I'm relaxed and it's normal. And it's like, and what happens when we relax and we normalize and we're just kind of getting into this pattern and this flow with this person, right? And it's not just this big, new, exciting, shiny thing is that we stop operating so dominantly from our conscious mind, right? And we start being more in our unconscious, which is how we normally go through life anyway. And so this can really feel like you had this extraordinary relationship and then it suddenly fell from grace. And it's like, that's not the person that I fell in love with. What the fuck? That person that I fell in love with didn't get angry like that. The person that I fell in love with didn't speak to me like that. The person, like, the, and, and they're probably feeling the same about you. It's like almost this disillusion. This, like, it's almost like your the veil is lifted from your eyes and you actually see them, both minds, conscious and unconscious, right? Okay, all right, bye, Lee, darling. Yes, Jess, and I'm going to I'm going to share that in a second. Amazing. And that's a great awareness and I thank you for being so brave and bringing that. And I'm going to read that out. Okay? It's like you almost like it's like the veil is lifted. It's no longer sparkly and it's like because we tend to be bagpipes. We just want the sparkly new fun thing, right? We want the sparkly new fun thing and it's like we want to feel it and it's like yay. And then it's like we see the reality of it and it's and it's no longer our, our fantasy. And so it can really feel this like fall from grace, right? Like you made a mistake. Why did I marry this person? Why did I pick this person? Why did I pick this coach? Why did I pick this container, right? It's not as incredible as I thought. Fuck. Fuck, I made a mistake. And this is the point that lots of people drop out of love. Lots of people drop out of courses. Lots of people drop out of things because it's no longer shiny and new, right? And we have a tendency to accidentally magpie unconsciously. We wanna go from shiny new thing, shiny new thing, so we don't have to be in the uncomfortableness of actually looking at our unconscious processes. It's so much easier, right, to not look at ourselves and heal. And so these are the words and I've written them there of this doesn't feel as great as I thought. Like I'm getting triggered all the time. Maybe I made a mistake. I thought this or he or she or it was better than that. Like it's just this disappointment. It's this deflation and it's like questioning self. This is a normal part of all healthy relationships. Are we getting this? This is not wrong. This is not bad. When I found this out, I was like, what a fucking relief. What a fucking relief right? Because there's four minds at play, conscious and conscious and unconscious and conscious. So remember, you aren't just in relationship with your partner's conscious mind, you're in relationship with your partner's unconscious, your relationship with their trauma from childhood and things and pieces. We can't get away from that. There is no perfect person in planet earth that does not have stuff. And so if that's what you're looking for, you might be looking for a long time. Okay. 
So the second phase of the relationship is like unconscious minds start to rule the relationship and it's like nothing meets the eye. It's like we're triggered, we're upset. It's like it's not really about what it looks like in the surface. There's so much stuff that's happening under the surface and it's exactly as it sounds. It's a power struggle, right? Power struggle. I'm right. You're not right. It's like... But we have to go through this. And this is why self-responsibility is so essential. Because it's self-responsibility and healing that takes us into the next phase. Some partners are married till death and they live in the power struggle. And that's not fun. We go to the next phase through self-responsibility and healing. And I want to speak to what Jess has said, and I'm actually going to read that out. This happened to me with IH a little bit. I was all in, mm -hmm, and, and notice this in yourself. And then I almost felt resentful for having so many calls, yeah, each week. Mm -hmm, yeah. And then I realized it was me not wanting to listen to the upgraded frequency because it challenged so many of my beliefs. And now we have less lives and I listen to it more. Yeah. Can you see how powerful that is? And this is so powerful that Jess is willing to share this with us because this happens a lot in long-term containers of like, I'm going to do it. I'm all in. I'm excited. It happens to us in free events. Like people are buzzed off their fucking tits, right? And then it actually gets into real life where they have to look at their unconscious mind, right? Because what would be really interesting for Jess is I felt resentful because there are so many calls every week. We've got people that literally are begging us for more calls and we've got people that are resentful because there's too many calls, right? So sometimes Tam and I literally feel like we're going to go crazy because we're like, these people want this and these people want this and it's completely different. So we've got to be like, we just got to be like, this is what's happening and people are responsible for their stories, right? But Jess, I'm, have you shared that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Camille is like, I missed the calls. See? 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 So what do I know to be true? I know to be true that my people are responsible for the stories that they tell themselves in their mind. And I'm responsible for the stories that I tell myself in my mind. And I've got to be responsible for the choices that I make and the decisions that I make. Right? Jess, I'm, I'm curious, what was the story and feeling resentful around all the calls? If not, I can make one up because things that I've heard is that like, I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm not going to be able to do them all. And then that means that I'm failing. And when I think that I'm failing, I feel bad in my body. And so instead of feeling the bad in my body about failing, what I'm going to do is hate Hannah. Like that shit happens or feel resentful to Hannah. And this is why I said that this has got to be love and money and business because it's all intertwined. And when we're really out of this like shiny new object phase and we're in the thick of it, this is where all of this stuff comes up and this is where we've really got to own our stuff. And also if you're a service provider, you need to know to not take things personally. Right? I felt guilty for not being on the calls, yes, and resentful for feeling like it dominated my schedule, yes, and then resentful when times would change and I couldn't be on it. Can we own that? Because again, we had a lot of calls and we had some people wanting more and we had some people feeling resentful that it dominated their schedule.
And then you can do inner child there. Where do I feel the resent? Where's the guilt? What's the guilt actually mean? Let's track the core belief and there's work to do. Now I look as it as I get the right information as I need at the right time. And this is why I always say to people, you don't need to do it all. Do it your way. We're happy whatever way you do it. We love you. We're so happy that you're here. You can't get it wrong. That's why I say that stuff. Yeah? The hub is a game changer for me and how I learn. Yeah, I love that. And some people are like, I don't like the hub. Like we've not received only positive things about the hub. This is what I mean, guys. This is what I mean. You're gonna do things in your life and all the peoples are gonna think different things. <laughs> and we need to be okay with that. I had a primary thought when I joined the school. Yeah, Jennifer's like, I love the hub too. Good. I love the story. And this is what we can say. I love the story that you have about me. I love the story that you have about the hub. I love the story that you have about me because people's opinions and feelings aren't fact. And this really helps us to not get hurt by what other people think and feel. Sandra says, I had the primary thought when I joined last week that I won't be able to do all the things because of lives and immersions and I work full time and I'm in another container as well. And I feel differently now because it was a way for me to sabotage my growth, yes. But that's really beautiful, Sandra, because you've noticed that awareness has been and you're like, oh, I'm sabotaging myself, right? Whereas unconscious being in it would have been like, Hannah's bad for having too many things. So we always wanna bring it home. You're all so brilliant for sharing this. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate your honesty and your willingness to be seen and to really just put light in your unconscious. It means the world to me. Okay? So your partner is not just your lover, but is your mirror. Your coaching container is not just your coaching container, it's your mirror. Your coach is not just your coach, it's your mirror. Okay, all of our relationships, which is intimacy, is into me, I see. What we think about others has usually got less to do about them and more to do with us. So what do we want to be doing in the power struggle? We want to be using it as an opportunity to heal. It's in the messy middle where the shiny new object syndrome is gone and we feel like that we're in the thick of it, that we really do the potent healing work that will change your life, right? We can always choose to heal. It's never too late and the power is always in the present. And when we do this, right, whether it's in a coaching container in the school of age, romantic relationship, right? I do feel like we're in a bit of a romantic relationship. I definitely feel like I'm in a romantic relationship with the school of age. Um, when we're willing to do the work and take ownership of our stuff in this phase, then we've got an opportunity for deeper intimacy, for deeper clarity, for deeper growth, and the honeymoon effect can last forever. So it's not just that false sense of oxytocin, it actually becomes a grounded, long-lasting relationship, right? And our relationships become a living prayer dedicated to expansion, to healing, to shedding our past conditioning, to becoming who we were born to be. Okay. 
So what tools can you use in this phase? Because I want to make this super duper practical for you guys. From day one, you can go back and bring awareness to beliefs and stories and thoughts that you're telling yourself about the situation and spending time deciphering what's fact and story. That is always a good thing to do if you want to do it about the school of IH. Also, what you believe about the school of IH will either block or co-create your transformation, right? Know that to be true. So you can put the school of IH is as <laughs> well if you want to do it. You can put Hannah is, you know, like you can, like you can do all of that. I'm happy that you've done it. I want you guys to practice feeling your feelings. I want you guys to practice feeling the resentment. I want you guys to practice feeling all the, all the things that come up. Because when we're in the feeling, we don't need to be in the story. The mind, when we go into story, it's trying to protect us from the feeling because we don't want to feel the feeling. So it's actually easier to go into our heads, create a story and project it on something or someone else than be in our body and feel the thing. You can turn your judgments into new truths, right? You can use alpha brain meditation, the one that we've got just now recorded, to unconsciously reprogram and change a situation. Tam's gonna do a hypnotherapy session with you guys on day three. It's gonna be really, really potent, right? To start creating some belief change in love and money. We wanna do a combo for you guys. So it's really an essence of this container. If you're in the school of IH, We've got so many things that you guys can do. And actually, we're going to put these slides in, like I said, and the ones that are underlined is a, is a hyperlink to, it's a hyperlink to a guide or the customer hub. So you can do inner child alchemy, like Sandra, I really felt around the thing around your father, there's emotion that needs to be expressed there. So if there's emotion that needs to be expressed there, you can go do an inner child alchemy on customer hub. You can do the full part shamanic journey. The full part shamanic journey is an energetic journey to belief change. If you're in the school, right? Right now, you've got loads of people that are getting certified in our methods. Message in the group being like, do any of the certs need anyone to practice on? Because they will and they do. That's going to be useful for you. You can do the full part shamanic journey that helps you go through beliefs and take you to the lesson, right? I've tagged that there. We've got several other alpha brainwave meditations that I've put there and I've tagged you guys into that you can listen to. My point being is there is a shit ton of tools here just on this page. There's a shit ton of things that you guys can do and you're only going to do them if you take responsibility for your stuff. If you're stuck in the projection and the rage and the frustration and it's that other person's fault, you're going to miss the opportunity to do all of this. Right? Three, the dead zone. I will connect to the cert people. Yes. Okay. Yes. When I started IH, I felt we were similar. And then in my resentment period, disconnected from you, feeling like she's better for these reasons. And I could never be that. Now I look at what I've seen happen and I realized it was my lack of commitment to the work. Right. Beautiful. Can you see that? Because in this time period, guys, I haven't changed. Jesper's been with me for over a year, about a year and a half. So that is now long-term relationship. And they was like, she's amazing, we're so similar. <sighs> Resentment. More grounded, 
practical because in the she's amazing what we're doing is we're pedestalling people we're taking the humanity out of them and the second that we see the humanity in them it's when we sometimes get into this resentful phase it's like they're no longer the sparkling new object up here and they're now a human being and so we're putting all these things in them has it got anything to do with them usually not but because jessica owned it and she could see oh it was my lack of commitment to the work oh okay She's got her power back, she's taken it. It had never had anything to do with me. And she's also saying she'll help with inner child alchemy. She's also in the cert. So you can tag Jess there, um, Sandra, if you wanna do that. Really, really powerful guys. Thank you for being so honest. Three is the dead zone. I've never really taught on the dead zone, but this is really important, okay? Because you'll feel the dead zone with maybe the school, you might do. Um, all your long-term lovers, right? The dead zone is as it sounds. It's a lull that couples feel after time. It's like we're no longer in the power struggle because we don't care enough to be in the power struggle. It's like all of the newness and the excitingness of it, it's gone. It's like, Meek. like all of that fun new stuff that I love that like, ooh, it's gone. So you're in the dead zone. It's just like, pfft. And many couples again live here. It's just like, we're kind of friends. And, you know, we've got children, so we should stay together. You know, in a coaching container, you might have heard stuff and you're repeating it. And it's like, this is no longer new. This is no longer activating me. Therefore, it's not, it's not doing the work because it's not activating me. I've been studying the same shit for the last like five years. It doesn't activate me anymore. But I know that it's the reason that I've transformed my life. So sometimes we're not consistent because we get bored with it. Right? So the question here is like, how can we keep the newness, the love and the excitement alive in my long-term relationships? That's the question that we need to be asking ourselves in the dead zone with anything, right? And the answer here is different for everyone, but I wanna really briefly share because we are talking about romantic love here the things that I've done with Craig that really helped for us because we got a bit dead zone last summer, right? Or if I get dead zone with a mentor or if I get dead zone with like a really boring commitment, we can do this with our business. Oh, I've been doing this for ages. Let me just create some chaos because I'm bored. Craig and I commit to us time and holidays. And I think this is really important to romance, we're committed to creating romance. It's not that we expect romance to be there and if there's no romance, we see it as evidence that the relationship doesn't work. It's like we're committed to creating the love story every day. So for his, his birthday, we went to Mallorca and it was really important. We like rented a whole spa for ourselves. That was new, we've never done that before. We'd have been to Mallorca. So we're sprinkling in that newness, right? Where we're actually committed to the relationship. Because this is another thing, because we think that relationships should just be flourishing. We get stuck in the mundane. Of course, it feels like the dead zone. So we have to consciously sprinkle things in that aliven it, right? It's also part of why we change the school of IH. We bring new things in. We bring in a guest speaker. It's like we're keeping little bits exciting. Every single day, I'd say 80% of days, Craig and I have something that we call love blocks. It's like an hour 
And sometimes it's that we'll make a pizza. Sometimes it's that we'll watch a shit film. Sometimes it's that we'll have sex. Sometimes it's that we'll go to a sauna. Sometimes it's that, you know, but we're consciously creating that because we're committed to not just being together and being in a dead zone. We're committed to creating the greatest love story together. And that's a conversation we've had. We prioritize booking experiences together, right? We prioritize the relationship. Because when something's no longer new, we can feel resentful towards it. Oh, I've got to spend time with this person. I've got to spend time with my partner. I'd prefer to be building my business. Or oh, I've got to go into the school of my age. You know? I'd prefer to be. But it's like relationships have to be nourished. Commitments have to be nourished. And so I often ask Craig, do you feel loved at the moment? And this gives him an opportunity to share if he feels like his needs are getting met or not, or if he needs something else. Because here's the thing, and I'm not gonna go into this today, it's like we all give and receive love in different ways. And therefore, because I am committed to being love and I'm committed to creating the greatest love story, I'm committed to loving my partner as he desires to be loved, not as how I desire to love him. On Sundays, we have a meeting. This is new. It's practical and it's romantic. What do you need this week? Are you working more this week? How can I support you this week? Do, 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 do. And it's this constant maintenance of a relationship that means that it thrives in the length of time. We're very used to not looking after and not kind of catering for our relationships and just hoping for the best. But if we want to create that extraordinary post-honeymoon effect, we've got to keep this alive. And I'm the first one I used to resent Craig for this because I wanted to build my business. And then I realized that actually I'm building my life and in my life I have a very nourishing relationship and I have to, I have to water that. It's like a plant. If you don't water a plant, what's it gonna do? It's gonna die. Same with love. So it's easy to think that our relationships will nourish themselves and yet there's a lot to be said for when we prioritize them just like we prioritize our goals, right? Four, the long lasting relationship. We've made it. And it's not just a long lasting relationship because some relationships last for a long time but I wouldn't want to be in them. <laughs> it's like the healthy, the conscious, the grounded long lasting relationship. We take responsibility, we know how to work through our stuff, we've got through the power struggle. We're committed to creating love and intimacy and nourishing the bond. We're through the dead zone. It's here. And so I really sat with how would I describe this and I will describe this as both parties take responsibility for their stories, for their feelings and for their unconscious patterns. I personally make the choice that I want to be in a partner that does this work with me. I don't want to be with someone that doesn't do this work with me because I want both of us to be responsible. That for me is a non-negotiable. That is an external variable that I would not be okay with, <laughs> right? It might be different for you guys. It's really, really different. So I'm going to give you what I see a long lasting relationship as, and you can tweak this for you to be right for you, right? Both see the relationship as an opportunity for healing. Both parties are willing to do the work when their unconscious starts playing out, right? That's the first section. Romance, presence, 
and intimacy is cultivated continuously and consciously. Newness is present. It's really important. It sounds so silly, but it's really important. The relationship is consciously sustained, maintained and watered. For me, these are the vital ingredients. For me, this is better than the honeymoon because it's real and it's honest and it's healing and it's growth focused love. It's love that is grounded. It's not all up and chaotic and we're peaking and it's like, and it can last the length of time, right? And I've used this word, I believe that this is the love and the long-term relationships we should. I'm not gonna shit all over you. You guys can do whatever the fuck you want. Some of you may wanna be creating this type of love and these are the ingredients for it. This is the kind of relationship that I believe on educating people on. I don't believe in going, oh, love is not like the movies. What if it can be better? What if you can be committed to creating the most extraordinary love story for yourself? What if you committed to being love? Like that's huge. How is that gonna impact your life and the lives around you? And obviously this is a journey where we're on it and we get it right and we get it wrong and we fall off and we go into awareness and we come back into our center. I'm gonna set you your homework, I don't wanna to go too late. I wanna be clear with the timing. I would like you, if you didn't feel complete with the journaling exercises to get into your unconscious, to go through that. I'd like you to take responsibility for those beliefs. I'd like you to use whatever tool you wanna to use to go through those beliefs. You might feel that alpha meditation was enough. You might wanna go through those with the new truths as well. It's up to you, it's for your discernment. You might wanna play around with a few of the things um, that we can do to reprogram. I just want you guys to get into a habit of expanding awareness, taking responsibility, expanding awareness, taking responsibility, expanding awareness, taking responsibility, expanding awareness, taking responsibility, because that's going to serve you in every area of your life. And this is the core of the school of IH that we taught, teach about everything. Okay. Brain dump, then all of the judgments that you have around three people in your life or three things. You can do money, you can do the school, you can do, you can do whatever you want. It's the same thing, right? Do it person by person. Separate facts and separate story. And I want you to do that in two columns so you can really, really see it. You can really be like, that is the fact and that is what my brain tells me. Holy fucking shit, that is what my brain tells me. Take ownership of the stories and accept that you can tell any story that you want around the facts of a situation. And that story is what's creative, not the facts, because everything is neutral and we add meaning. Start the process of shifting them. I forgive myself for judging that person as that. I am, my new truth is. Burn or get rid or put in the bin those old judgments. Create a list of these new stories. Speak these stories into reality. Listen to them in your ears every morning. Create affirmations. Do an alpha wave and program them in. Whatever you choose, be that. Some of you might say my new truth is I am love. Contemplate it. 
We are so desperate for the fastest route to transformation, but actually being the person that knows how to transform is what's gonna be transformational for the rest of your life. Like I'm not in a rush to transform patterns because I'm like, mate, like I just love the fact that I'm the person that is always transforming things. Like I'm not in a rush. Expect something miraculous. Watch your relationships transform, the ones that you have. Watch new ones come in. You can do this around your clients. Notice how differently you see people when you have new truths. Guys, it's because I have a truth that I had to program in that what people believe about me has got nothing to do with me is the reason that I can now receive feedback. There was a time in my life where I'd hear people saying all of this stuff about the recording and it would hurt me so much. And if I was still living without so much pain because I'd feel rejected by every single person that has this feeling about me or the school, I would not have been able to build a business. So it's unbelievable what this can block for you, unblock for you. Now, I'm not gonna ask you to put your new truths in the group because I understand we might be talking about things that are like private that we don't wanna share, but I do want you guys to share your experience. And I would like you guys to do this before our session tomorrow, if possible. I know we've got time commitments just because this is hot and this is warm. You can come back to this as many times as you want, right? For those of you guys that are watching the recording on the Facebook page and haven't caught all of this, you're gonna have whatever's live streamed in the Facebook group right now. And I'm gonna re-record, I need to go to get blood tests for my mold situation. I'm gonna re-record either this evening when I'm back. If it's not too late, I'll record first thing in the morning. Do we all feel complete? I know this has been a lot of information. Lee, I know you asked me questions. I'm gonna do a bonus Q&A in the Love and Money Facebook group, okay? So collect all your questions. We just got, we've got a lot to go through in these three days and I wanna make sure that we get all of the syllabus in. Okay, amazing. I can't wait to read your experiences in the group of doing this work. I can't wait to see you all tomorrow at 3 p.m. as well. I hope some things have landed really, really strongly for you. Again, if you wanna enter the giveaway, share the visual and tag me. If you're an affiliate, you can tag, put the link. Um, and if you wanna share like a quote or you wanna share something from this workshop series on your social media, we really, really appreciate it. Sandra says it was really powerful. I got a lot from it to process. Yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot, there's a lot that we did today. And there's gonna be a lot that we do in these three days. And this is why we love this new structure of like, you guys really get this and this is really intense. And then we're pretty chill for another month. We'll have a couple of lives, but we're pretty chill, right? And I love you all. And we'll see each other on tomorrow. Bye everyone.